Before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that tickets to The One, which is our two-day in-person leadership experience, are now available at early bird pricing. So if you're in Australia or New Zealand, then you're absolutely going to want to check this out. The One is designed to expand leadership capacity with big shifts reported from participants in confidence, communication, directiveness, solutions thinking, decision making and even conflict resolution. You can check out the case studies over on the website of people who have already done this event and the results they experienced across multiple areas of their lives months later. It has just been such a catalyst for change. That's been more impactful and I've had more revelations and light bulb moments go off than anything that I've ever looked at. I feel like my perspective has completely shifted. It's just, it's been life changing for me. Do yourself a favour and get this locked in for yourself before prices go up. Grab your tickets to one of the events in either Australia or New Zealand over at theoneliveevent.com. It's also linked below. Welcome to the Lead a New Future podcast. I'm Kate Ruby Aroha, a senior leadership trainer with close to two decades of experience. The leadership I'm about is one that values respect and transparency while harnessing our ability to effect change. With a clinical background, I've worked within highly acclaimed leadership teams in the health sector of New Zealand, before spending a decade facilitating advanced leadership experiences across multiple countries. And here's the thing about leadership. Leadership is just as important within our homes as it is within every level of our community, teams and organisations. In this podcast, you'll find a variety of conversations that connect to our leadership and our lives, where we can impact what matters, where it matters. Let's get into it. Hey guys, today we're talking with Tiffany Van Soest. She is known as Tiffany Timebomb and she's born and raised in Southern California. She's a nine-time world champion and has helped blaze a path for women across the sports of Muay Thai and kickboxing. She's a current Glory Kickboxing World Champ, five times Muay Thai World Champ, and I'm so freaking excited that we get to speak with her today. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. What's the mind game? What's the mental game like leading into a big fight? Um, for me, it's it's changed over the years, you know, as my, as I've grown as a, as a woman, as a person, and as I've grown as a matured athlete into a seasoned professional athlete, um, my motivation was a lot different. And, you know, when we're younger, we're all rambunctious and full of energy and out to prove everybody wrong or to prove something to ourselves. Um, so my mentality back then was just go hard and prove everybody wrong. And, and um, I'd get myself really worked up before the fights and before training. And I'd almost need, need, um, almost need like some negative feedback, like, oh, that wasn't good. Or, oh, you're shit for me to really right. want to work hard. But um, <clears throat> as I've grown and matured as a person and as an athlete, um, my why has changed. My reason for fighting has changed and me being more secure and within myself and caring about myself more. Um, man, I'm so calm before I fight. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm really grateful 
I always try to be really remain really grateful for the opportunity for my body, for the people around me who help me. Um, it's, it's been such a journey and to see the shift in my mental, in my approach, in training, outside of training has been fantastic. Can you give us a little nugget of gold from it, please, Tiffany? Oh man, I can give you a few tidbits. Yeah. There's, there's strategies and techniques to to use before training or before your competition, like using binaural beats, you know, audio to, to, to change yeah. the frequency of your brain. Yeah. For, for um, anyone who doesn't know about binaural beats, can you summarize it in a quick nutshell? Binaural beats is uh, tones and frequencies that are played at different uh, hertz, one in each ear. And when they're played together, it creates a frequency, either alpha, delta, uh, theta, gamma, to put your brain into that frequency. And each type of brainwave frequency is associated with something different, like waking consciousness, theta waves are like more of a meditative state, um, delta waves. So you can pick and choose which what your aim is. If you want to be more alert and focused, you put on some alpha waves while you're training or before you're training. And it literally changes the frequency of your brain so that when you go into your training session or whatever you're doing, you're a little bit more tuned in. Your brain is a little more level and you're in that mm. focus zone a bit more. So you just talked about the using binaural beats. What are some other ways that people can calm and quiet their mind before something that's really big? Breathing techniques, um, visualization techniques. Um, those are those are huge. Obviously, we can control our physiology with our breath. And before a big competition or something really important, you know, probably going to be a bit nervous. Your heart rate's going to be up a bit more. So um, you know that affects your brain and your thoughts. So learning, uh, or practicing certain breathing techniques like box breathing or square breathing four, seven, eight, whatever you want to call it to again, change the physiology of your body by using your breath to keep you calm and in that zone a bit more. Um, visualization is when you actually, you know, close your eyes and as vividly and as, as much detail as possible, visualize what you want to do or what you imagine yourself doing and by doing that, you're taking your your brain to that place. So when it actually happens, you're not surprised by it. And it's also, you know, manifesting it in a way. So let's say you, you've got a fight coming up. Mm-hmm. How would you be using visualization leading into that? And how long for? Every day. It's part of training. Um, I think of it this way, you know, like when I make the walk to the ring, um, that's usually when I'm when I go the most calm, when I start that walk to the ring. But typically that's when you'd get the most nervous, right? Because you're just, you can see and hear the crowd and the atmosphere and the energy, and you're about to go get in a fight. And um, it's it's all new stimulus, right? The sounds, the smells of the arena, the the lights, the just the atmosphere. If you just walk out into that and it's your first time, experiencing all these senses it can be quite overwhelming Mm. um especially for for somebody like me because i was recently diagnosed with asperger's so my sensory like i'm really really sensitive to sounds sights smells and when it all happens at once in my brain it kind of gets all tangled and can be overwhelming but um 
So if I sit and I visualize as vividly as possible, my walk to the ring, like I visualize Mm. the feeling of the tape squeezing on my hands underneath my gloves. I can feel my sweat trickling down. I can smell the popcorn from the crowd in the arena. I can hear it. I, I take myself through the most vivid imagination process, basically to the point where I can get my heart rate up just thinking about it. Wow. But, but um, in doing that every single day, the more and more you do it, the less you, it's like anything you, you, you smell something a lot, a lot, a lot. Eventually you don't really smell it anymore because you just get used to it. Right. Um, it's the same idea. If I take myself through that moment in my mind with all those different stimuli to my, to my senses over and over again, by the time I actually really do it, I'm, it's not as intense because I've been there in my mind so many times when I actually go and do it. It's not like, oh, whoa, this is new. Oh, uh, it's like, okay, I've been here before. Cool. I know what to expect. It helps you stay calm, stay present and stay in that moment. Mm. Uh, honestly, I'm even more inspired by saying that you've been recently diagnosed with Asperger's and then that is something where, yeah, your sensitivity is so heightened and then to know that you walk into the ring and that walk for you is a very calm walk. It just goes to show the the impact of the level of your practice is extraordinary. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah, thanks. Can we stay on this conversation around visualization for a bit longer? Because I think it's really interesting and really powerful and so translatable to, I would say, everyone who's listening to this can apply this in some way to the things that they're learning. So can you go down to a few more granular tips around visualization? Imagine, you know, we don't know how to do it. If you can describe some more kind of detailed tips and how to do this to really um, put yourself in the places in advance that you want to go. Yeah, I mean, it's really just about um, visualizing what you are going to expect, visualizing the things that might um, divert your attention or might be kind of like a overstimulus or something or a distraction or something that you normally would have to kind of work through or get in the way. Or you could visualize something that you want to happen or something that you want your body to do or... um, For example, I always, you know, at the end of a really hard workout and I sit and I breathe and I get my heart rate back down and I visualize, I can visualize my walk to the ring to stay calm, or I can visualize me with my hand raised at the end of the fight. Mm -hmm. After every single training session, if I sit down for five minutes and I visualize my hand being raised in the middle of the ring after a win, I visualize the announcer calling my name. I visualize it in great detail. Again, in a way, it's like you're you're preparing yourself for that moment. You're manifesting it. You're you're if I, you know, were to visualize what I'm most afraid of, if I if I imagine visualize myself getting beat or my opponent's hand getting raised instead of mine, then my I send that message to my body. You know, and these are these seem like really, really small things, but when you're at the highest level or you want to reach the highest level these small, small things, they all add up and make a huge difference because once you're at a certain level, everybody's really good, you know? So how do you make yourself even better? Hey, so did it really give you, these are little small tweaks that give you a huge edge. Yes. Positive affirmations. Hmm. That I use for my, for my confidence, but I also apply that 
into my physical training where if I'm doing a technique and I can't quite seem to get it right, usually the voice, the self-talk in our head, at least for me personally, and for a long time was shit, you suck, you know, like get it right. That's not nice. The body hears that, you know? And so on the next rep or the next try, it's, it's going to be, I'm going to be attempting with, with a negative energy or negative vibe. Say I'm messing up on a technique. I can't quite get it. I take a second. I take a deep breath instead of saying, shit, you suck. And then trying to do it. No, it's all right. You got it. Slow down a little bit. You're capable of this positive affirmation. You are capable of this. You can do it. It sets the tone for your body, uh, a more positive energy. And then, you know, more likely to, to respond well or to get that rep right or the technique right on the next rep. If not that one, then that you just keep affirming yourself positively until you do because the, the body can hear what the mind is telling it. I'm imagining you've trained with like top elite people that have helped you and outside of just the sports trainers. Mm-hmm. Who are the kinds of, or the, what's the sort of genres of people that you've worked with? The first time I ever worked with a sports psychologist, his name was Ken Baum. Um, he taught me about the the positive affirmation thing and the visualization thing. What I recently started doing, which I think helped me reach that ultimate like level of calmness, was uh, I started doing underwater training with Deep End Fitness. Oh wow! Tell us about shout, that. Out, shout out to Prime Hall. And Alima, uh, Alima Lay McFarland, she's the former Bellator women's MMA champion. She invited me to, she does this training a lot and she invited me one day and it was something I always wanted to do being a surfer. I saw all these different types of underwater training where they're running rocks underwater and stuff. Um, so she invited me to join her and the team that the group that was doing it and man, that, it changed my life as far as um, learning how to really stay calm and quiet my mind, because everything we're doing is underwater and you have to be really uh, efficient with your energy. And, you know, if your mind is in your mind, you're panicking, that burns energy, you know? So it really, um, I really, on my pool days, I knew like driving to the pool, I, you're going to meet yourself today. You know, when you're doing those breath holds and you start feeling those chest compulsions and you, you find out where you are, you're like, okay, are you going to really be calm today? You're going to work through it. Are you going to talk positively to yourself or where are you? Are you a little chaotic today? Are you not as mentally strong today? Are you going to come up for air when you start to feel that panic? And, you know, again, the more and more I would go to these training sessions, you know, the more and more comfortable I got with that uncomfortable feeling Mm -hmm. and not only getting comfortable with it, but learning how to relax through it. And um, on my last session, my send off session before I I moved here to Amsterdam, I hit a personal best for my breath hold two minutes and 20 seconds. And I was never in my, like, did I ever imagine that I'd be able to hold my breath for over two minutes, you know? And, um, the new goal is to, is three minutes, one whole kickboxing round. I want to be able to hold my breath for three minutes. Holy crap. That's, that's insane. What, what, what can people do when they're really at the top of that being able to hold their breath? What are the, um, the the physical, 
The physical benefits are um, you're able to, you know, like work and and um, train or compete or whatever. Your, your body's able to be efficient with less oxygen. You train it to yeah. still be strong with less oxygen. So your conditioning goes through the roof. Um, but more than anything, it's so mental being able to really stay calm and relaxed in a high stress situation or a situation where your body perceives as high stress. AKA no air, which is pretty stressful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you really learn how to just keep calm and stay relaxed. And that translates to when you're, when I'm in the ring or, you know, someone's fighting in a cage, someone's, you know, it's chaotic. The crowd is loud. You have this person standing in front of you trying to beat you up. It's an intense moment. You're in a fight, you know, things can, can, not go to plan. Anything can happen in a fight. But again, you're training yourself to remain calm in extreme situations where normally you'd be overwhelmed by stress and then not be able to think clearly and perform and execute what you need to. I think this is just amazing. Like you've made a comment before you said, you know, meeting yourself, like that's a big thing to really meet yourself. And I'm imagining that happens time and time again, when you get into the ring and what I'm seeing is all the different layers of where you I guess, find your own edges constantly with different things and meet yourself there. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, when you're underwater, you meet yourself because it's just you down there. It's quiet, you know, usually with the breath holds, you can choose to, we do it in a pool in 13 feet of water. How many meters is that? I think two or three. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's deep. And it's quiet. And usually you can look out and focus on other people swimming or doing their things to kind of keep your mind occupied. Or I turn and face the wall and count the tiles on the on the pool or I recite poetry in my head. Um, Or sometimes I like to look out and but I, I find that when I see other people moving, seeing their physical activity makes me think about it. So I feel like it wastes energy. But because it's so quiet, you can't talk to anybody. It's just you in here talking to yourself to, you know, to either on these breath holds or the exercises where we're actually swimming underwater and stuff, carrying weights underwater. Um, It's just you in your own mind. So you really meet yourself. Nobody can can encourage you unless you look at them and they give you the, the thumbs up, you know. But other than that, it's just. You and you, you and you down there. You yeah. and you down there. Holy shit! You said yeah. before about that your why has changed. What's your why yeah. now that drives you? You know, when I was younger, it was more. I think it was more ego driven, where it was I want to be the best. I want to prove that I'm the best in the world. I want to make a lot of money. I want to be a world champion. I want to do that. Like, um my why has definitely changed. Okay. I've been a champion nine times, but I still don't have a lot of money. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've reached my goals as far as becoming a champion. So that's done. I've proven that I'm the best in the world nine times. Um, so why am I doing this now? It's to, to inspire other people. You know, I feel like it's, I've developed myself. 
we're never done developing, but it's helped me develop myself as, as a person, as well as an athlete. But now it's, it's because I have a platform. It's to use my platform to bring awareness to things that matter. And to me, I don't feel satisfied or feel like I'm of any value uh, as a person and as a human, unless I'm serving others or helping others in some way. So my why is now to do this to to help keep pushing the boundaries for other women who are coming up in the sport as it continues to grow and to use my platform to to do good. Amazing. I've heard that a lot for people who have had massive big life goals to get to the top. And that was the thing that always drove them. And then in getting to the top, have had to recalibrate where that drive is coming from. Otherwise, if you've once you've reached your biggest goal, <laughs> you it's, have to create another level of purpose beyond that. Yeah. I mean, I remember the the first time I won the world title with Lion Fight Muay Thai. At the time, it was the biggest Muay Thai promotion, one of them in the world. And I was the first women's champion there. And I won the fight in the first round. So it was a quick fight, you know. And I trained so hard for it. I was expecting a war, you know. I won the fight in a fir- in the first round, which is ideal, right? You get a stoppage, you get a win. It's how you you dream of winning a world title. But it just happened so fast. You know, I put so much into it and then it was mm-hmm. over. And I remember sitting at the at the nightclub at my after party with all my friends around and my I'm wearing the belt. And there was this moment, it, it hit me harder than any opponent (laughs) where I just was like, uh, okay, so I have this world title around my waist, but I don't feel anything. Wow. Yeah. Now what? Nothing's changed. The world hasn't changed. My life hasn't changed significantly other than this title literally this title because in in kickboxing and muay thai there's no money very very little money you know i still have clients that i teach on the side i still teach seminars i do things like trying to sell merchandise and and this mental course you know so i'm not like like a professional athlete superstar you see you see me on tv but i'm not like like somebody who competes in a mainstream sport like like basketball or baseball or footy, you know, so I'm still just a normal person, you know, I make a decent paycheck, but it's, I'm not living a lavish life. Like I live in this little tiny apartment here in Amsterdam, you know, I still live very humbly and normally grateful and and blessed for what I do have, but I'm not making money like the men are making. I'm not making money like a superstar world champion athlete. You know, so um, the only thing that really changed significantly is my, you know, the eyes that are on me. A lot of eyes are on me. I have a big platform. And, um, you know, so so I think very early and very quickly, I learned that it's not necessarily about all of those things that were driven by ego when I was younger. I would learn quickly that those aren't what's important and that's not what matters. And, and, you know, as I I've grown and matured and my values and my morals have changed, I realized that, you know, there's something bigger here than, 
going on than just me. Like, yeah, fighting and being a champion in my journey has developed me as a person. It's It's been my vehicle for self-discovery and self-development, but it's not it's not my end all be all. It's just my, my vehicle, my tool, my, my gift. That's going to help me change, change the world in my own way or in the ways that I'm able to Mm. not change the world, but at least contribute positively. And what are some of the things that you want to contribute to? What are you seeing? What's the vision you're seeing that you want to help, help move to passionate about children, Mm -hmm. love children. So just helping kids that, need help you know maybe they don't have parents or they're struggling to come up um you know teaching them about loving themselves and how to take care of themselves and how to be successful and how to be a good human um also with other women you know same thing building confidence and and just giving them the tools to be happy healthy and successful Mm. i love it so much i just started uh for the first time this year, I got men, I've just started getting into kickboxing. Oh, nice. At, at the age of 40. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm loving it. Oh my goodness. I'm working with uh, Mikan, Magic Mikan. Do you know Mikan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been really cool. And I've been loving following your Instagram channel too and just watching you. And I find it so freaking inspiring who you are and what you're doing and the level that you're playing at. And obviously how many mountains you've had to move for yourself to get to where you are. And then, you know, hearing your story today and how you've recreated so much, even beyond your nine world titles and then really recreating your purpose beyond that to give you a real sense of purpose. And I just want to say thank you for who you are. You're so amazing, Tiffany. And thank you for being you in the world. Oh, thank you. Is there any final message that you would love to give the women who are listening? I mean, we just have to stand strong, you know, stand in in our power, be confident in who you are and know that you have something to offer the world and everything you need is is deep within yourself. Amen. Thank you. Tiffany, where can people find you and this awesome course that you've created? Uh, You can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Tiffany Time Bomb, it's all one word. Um, I also have another Instagram, Tiffany Time Bomb underscore Art, where um, you can see some of my artwork and paintings that I'm creating that are also for sale. Um, and my mental course is is at Defense Club, um, but there's a link for it for the direct the actual course itself. There's a link for it in the bio of my Instagram. Awesome. So go check out Tiffany's Instagram and follow that. She's so inspiring to be, you know, to be watching. And then check out her mental mental game course. What did you call it? Called the Fighter's Mentality. The Fighter's Mentality course. Go check that out. I think it's it sounds like it's applicable everywhere. So thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. This is a reminder that if you're in Australia or New Zealand and you haven't yet got your tickets to the one, then go to the website now, find the location closest to you and get it sorted. Early bird tickets will be ending soon. Man, massive breakthroughs, like unbelievable. Having the balls to actually be myself and not run away from challenges that I've probably run away from in the past and take them head on. 
it's taken me to another place. I'm yeah. just not the same person that I was when I walked in. If you get an opportunity to experience this event, do it for you and everyone around you.